Hey folks, Rob Castellucci with LBC here, and I am back with part two of my editorial interview over at Chicago's House of Congress back in February. If you haven't heard part one, check that out. Otherwise, in part two, uh, he touches on a lot more stuff. So he's talking about his past, present, and future of Latin dancing. Uh, he talks about progress versus tradition, talks about mambo versus salsa, and hint, one of them is something you eat, and the other is something you dance. And he talks about dance timing, also about the very influential June Liberta, who we all have to thank for this. Uh, also about his time working with legendary Tito Puente, which was really cool, going down memory lane there. Not only did Eddie perform with Tito, he also picked out Tito's outfits for the shows. And of course, he shares the origin of his very first name, Shine, and everyone's favorite, the Susie Q. So without further ado, here's the Mambo King, Eddie Torres, in part two. Enjoy. Let's talk about that a little bit more because you were young when that happened. How old were you when you saw them? Well, let's put it this way. Um, I saw them in 1972, maybe. Okay, so like tw 22. 22, yeah. So yeah. Ta talking about kids, and I know that you do a lot of work with kids teaching them to dance. It's not just people who are in their 20s and 30s and 40s. You know, you're, you're working with younger kids, especially with your wife as well. Well, let, let, let me tell you this. Right now, all we have at this moment, uh -huh. we're, we're doing only adult classes. Okay. But... Um, since I knew that this had to be passed on, because Tito always used to tell everybody, you need to pass this down to your children so that we can keep this alive, right? Yeah. So I, I lived in the Bronx, and there was a Boys and Girls Club, which is known as Kips Bay Boys and Girls Club. Mm -hmm. So I, I went there to teach swimming, because I was also very much into swimming. So I, I went there to coach their swimming team. And so when the, the director of the program there found out that I danced too, he asked me if I'd be interested to start a little dance program with my wife, and so we did. We started a dance uh, a cup, uh, a dance uh, class, which turned out to be something where we formed a dance company called the the Kips Bay Boys and Girls. Uh, it was known as the K Club, okay. and and so what we did was take these youngsters, and my daughter, who also danced very young, she became their mentor because they would see her on stage doing show with mom and dad. And so it was easy to get them because they were like, oh, we want to do that too. Yeah. So we started classes there. And from like 20 students, it turned out to be like 100, 200, you know. Yeah. And so it, it, it really got big. And, and then after we were there for a couple of years developing the program, then, of course, it was time to move on. But then they kept. They got other instructors that Not kept great. going. And so that developed to be, until today, they still have that, that dance company. And... And uh, not, not only there, but there was a time where we would actually do children's classes too. The moms would come and take adult classes, and then my wife would work with the kids. So we knew that teaching the children was very key as far as keeping this alive by passing it down. And, and let's talk about the future, right? So we're, we're here right now. The year is 2017, I think. Mm -hmm. And looking forward 50 years from now, what, what would you want? salsa and the salsa community to become well if this if this world is still in existence 50 years from now because you know the way things are going up. but he, here's what i see um every 15 maybe 15 to 20 years a new dance comes around it's only natural because people are always looking for new things to do just like when the mambo was king in new york all the way 40s 50s 60s almost 70s the hustle came to New York, and that became the new dance, the new craze, mm. right? Now, as you know today, along with salsa, the big craze today is bachata and kisomba, mm. right? And I always, I'm, I'm, of, I'm of the mentality where I think 
I would accept any new dance that comes in because new things are good things. I mean, that's what progress is all about. But I always believe that you shouldn't have to try to destroy tradition to just accommodate something new. I say, why can't we just add that on to what's already happening? Why do we have to kill the mambo to just bring in a new, a new craze? So now, as you can see, you must know that bachata is so big now that I think right now there's more people dancing bachata than there are salsa. But I, I, I'm one that I tell people, listen, don't, uh, don't destroy something that's so beautiful. Because even, even back in the day, I remember how hard uh, Tito Puente and I worked to try to help keep this mambo thing alive. So much so that back in the day, they called it the mambo, the cha-cha-cha. And so when it resurged, it came back with a new name, which now they call Salsa, yeah. which Tito Puente never, never liked that name to be identified to the music or to the dance. And I myself didn't care for it either yeah. because I know, I said, that's not a legitimate name. It's not the correct name. Yeah. Salsa is simply sauce. So when they asked Tito, Tito, in your opinion, what is the difference now between this mambo and salsa thing? And Tito would reply and say, that's easy, man. He says, the mambo we dance and the salsa we eat. That's the only <laughs> difference. That was the way he, he would answer that. And, and people would call me up and say, Eddie Torres, do you teach salsa? I said, well, no, actually, I teach what's known as the mambo. But let me tell you, I put a lot of salsa on it. That's the way I would. Because uh, it came to the point where either you have to go with the flow, with the change, or you're left out. You know, right. so today, of course, we call it salsa. But if yeah. if I had my way, I would bring it back to its original name. It's a tough one because España uh, named it salsa, is my understanding, because they wanted to not confuse people as to the different, you know, guajiras and all these different types of styles. So they said, oh, we'll just call it salsa, which makes it arguably more accessible to more people because they don't get as confused. But at the same time, you're kind of dumbing down the population in a way to say, well, yeah, it's all salsa, right? Like, there's no difference between salsa that you like dancing casino to, salsa you like dancing Cuban to, or mambo to, or on to. Um, it's, I think you have some thoughts on this. Rob, let me tell you something. Yeah. Salsa became popular because, again, I think since it died down when the hustle came in, yeah. and the movie Dirty Dancing was a big help to bring it back. Also, there was a movie called Salsa, yeah. which came out. I saw that. And then the Mambo Kings, which came in later. Yeah. But the thing was, I believe that what people were trying to say is they brought it back and they took an old product, mm. and they said, okay, let's make it popular again by giving it a new name. Mm. All right? So instead of Mambo, they put the new label on it and they call it salsa they were almost like trying to introduce it like a new thing and let me tell you what they call salsa is the same mambo that we danced back in the palladium and now that i know about timing i realize that the one existed along the two people were dancing on two they were dancing on four they were dancing on one the difference was rob that nobody knew yeah. back then like, if they saw you dancing, all I knew is that with some girls I could connect and we had coordination. With others, it was like, it was like a tug of war. It was like oil and water. And, and, and now I know what it was. I said, oh, I know what it is now. I was dancing on two and she was dancing on one. <laughs> it's just right. that we didn't know that back then. You see? Yeah. But I do know that the one, like people say, oh, the one is new. No, the one is not new. Yeah. It's been here all the time, except now... Now, they've even gone as far as saying, oh, one is salsa and two is the mambo. Yeah. 
that's what they, they saw to say now. Oh, oh, you dance on one? Well, that's like like the, the ones that are fa uh, that are known for establishing and making the one famous was the people in L.A., like the Vasquez brothers, yep. right? Um, but I tell people, I say, you know what? I got, I got news for you. The one was back then. It was people were dancing on the one, the two, the three, the four. They were dancing on all timings, except back in the day, nobody knew it. Nobody yeah. knew how to explain the fact that you were dancing on this. But then again, that's why I tell people, I say, you guys don't know, but this lady, June Liberta, who taught me what I know, she's the one. If you want to give credit to somebody, give credit to this lady. Because this lady came into my life, and it was almost like she was born to, to her, her purpose was to help me, to become instrumental, to help me so that I can bring this technique to the world. And now, as you know, it's a revolution that everybody in the world that teaches this is teaching what? June Liberta technique. Yeah. People say, Eddie, you invented this. I said, no, I didn't invent it. I, I, I was the one that promoted it by doing it and sharing it with the world. But if you want to know who was responsible for bringing this whole idea into what we knew was the street dance and she wanted to just help me with the education of what they used in ballroom the same basic concept to apply it to the street dance that we knew as mambo and and then i took that out of the street and started going into studios and teaching with that same application of how to count how to work with the music ladies timing men's timing how to put names to the steps how to you know all these things that i hear the instructors using Every time I hear Break On 2, CBL, uh, Susie Q, who do I think of? June Liberta. Mm -hmm. That's all her knowledge that she passed on to me, and I've done my job to try to share it with the world. But um, the, the truth is, I, I, I sometimes laugh. I say, you know what? I spent a lot of years trying to save this dance from the past, from it being extinct. I said, now because all the new dances that are coming in seem to be now, again, once again, overshadowing this beautiful dance that we know as the mambo, I said, I may have to spend the rest of my life now trying to save it from the future. You know what I mean? <laughs> because a lot of times what, what happens is you can see the youngsters, these phenomenal talents that we have. Every generation, Rob, brings their own ideas into the dance. Palladium dancers were famous in open end. A lot of shines, a lot of style. My generation, we started bringing the steps into also the partner work, what we call turn patterns. Today's generation does steps turn patterns, and adagio, the acrobatics. You see? So I see that every generation adds and brings something into it. The thing I always tell people, I say, listen, there's nothing wrong with keeping some of the tradition alive along with the journey. As we go into the future, hey, like the, the, the style that I dance and what I do was from back then, and of course, I know that you have to go with progress. You have to go with... I said, but right now, as, as, as we progress and new dances come along, just don't take that beautiful dance known as the mambo that we all love and enjoy and put it to rest. Don't, don't throw it overboard and get rid of it. No, bring it right along. We could still do bachata, kisomba, whatever. Like when Lombarda hit the town. Everybody, oh, Lombarda. That didn't last much because they quickly found out Lombarda was for young people. People were going... Uh, all ages in New York crazy with Lombarda, and all you heard was people were throwing their backs out. Uh, they were all going to the chiropractor because the Lombarda is very aerobic. And, and so that dance didn't last too long in New York because we, we realized that dance is not for everybody. Look at the mambo. You, you don't have an age. You yeah. could start at two years old. to You could be 90 years old. It's okay. 
not a thing where it's only for young people. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing. I get this a lot. I say, Eddie, do you think it's okay for me to take class because I'm 60 years old? I say, well, you're a teacher, so you know if you take class at 66. <laughs> so if I'm still doing it, what, what makes you think you can't do it? Yeah. I said, this, this dance has no age. Yeah. And you know what's really cool about this dance? This is one of the few dances, because I've always wanted to see this dance go up and, and become respected as a classic dance, like ballet, like jazz, like modern. That's one of the things I envisioned. I wanted the world to respect this dance as a classic form. That you know that this is one of the few dances, if you think about this, Rob, that you can go and, I, for example, I'd go to the Madison Square Garden with Tito Puente and do a show, and right after that show, I'd get dressed and take my wife to the Copacabana wow. and dance the night away. Mm. What, how many classic dances you, that you know of, can you do that in ballet? I, I've never seen a social where they do ballet. Mm -hmm. huh? So this is the one dance that's so beautiful because you could do it professionally on stage, then you could dance the night away in a nightclub, you know? So for me, this dance has always been something that was special. The music itself, as you know, is very infectious. Yeah. People say, man, this music is so rich, so awesome. Yeah. And that's why it's hard for me, because for me, it's always been about the music. If the music doesn't reach me, if I don't feel it, if I can't, mm -hmm. the music doesn't get me, then I can't be interested in learning the dance. And, and I know that bachata is very big right now, but the music... It's, to me, it doesn't reach me like the mambo music, yeah. like, you know, the, the, the Cuban music, the charanga, the, you know, where you dance pachanga to. That's the music that makes me move. Yeah. But again, I'm a great respecter and a great admirer of, of all forms of dance. People ask me, Eddie, don't you think that two is better than one? I said, no, 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 it's different. I says, and you know what? Thank God that we don't have just one color. Because I like red, you might like blue, she might like green, she like, might like orange. It's a preference. Mm. If you like to dance on one, I, I respect that. The only thing I would say, whatever you're going to do, do it well. If you're going to dance on one, then dance on one. If you're going to dance on two, dance on two. I tell people, it starts with you getting yourself a good instructor that would teach you correctly how to work with the music and if you're going to dance. But for me, it's never been about competing one timing with another, one style with another. Mm -hmm. I come from New York, so we represent New York. L.A., we have L.A. style, we have Puerto Rico style, we have uh, styles in Italy, which are phenomenal, the dances there, mm -hmm. and Colombian style. They're all beautiful. Mm -hmm. They're all beautiful. And I tell these youngsters, don't spend your time rivaling. Mm -hmm. I said, look, about, look at it this way. This is all culture. This is like right now, I, I travel the world and I love, to, I love when I travel. So oh, I'm in Japan, I'm going to have some Japanese food. Now I'm in Colombia, I'm going to taste some Colombian food. Now I'm in Italy, I'm going to have some good pasta. So it's all good. It's all good. All the dances, all the rhythms, they have a purpose. And I believe no one should criticize you or even try to compete with you. Oh, this is better. No, it's just it's better. It's different. It's different, and you should respect it. If someone wants to dance on one, don't criticize them. Don't criticize them. Some of the greatest dancers I've seen dance on one, like the Vasquez brothers. When I saw Johnny Vasquez, I was the one that gave him that title of the Prince of Salsa, because when I saw him, I said, this is like the Latin Nicholas brother here. This brother's so good. And, and, and I've always been one that I, when I see talent, I admire it, and I don't, it doesn't matter to me whether it's on one, two, whether it's Afro-Cuban or jazz. I just love to see art of dance. And, and June Liberta, well, one of the things that she 
opened my mind to, which I thought was like so cool. We're on our way to a, a dance one night, and and she stops in front of this this little pet shop where these little puppies are playing in the window, and she's standing there, and she's she's actually studying and 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 looking at these puppies play, and I'm saying, Yo, June, you know it's getting late here. We got to catch a train to go. She says, Shut up, I'm studying. I say, What are you studying? She says, I'm learning choreography here. <laughs> I say, What are you talking about? She goes. Eddie, look at that little puppy. You see his leg going like this? That's a shine. <laughs> she said, that's a shine. I said, what? She says, Eddie, anything that moves can give you an idea for a shine. Whether it be a puppy's leg rolling around, whether it might be a leaf on a tree. She goes, think about it. Anything that moves, you can look at it like dancing. I said, oh, my God, this woman's phenomenal. Big idea. She, put, she just opened my brain and said, now anything that moves, I said, man, can I make a shine out of that? <laughs> that basketball is bouncing. Maybe I could do the bounce. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how, you know. But for me, again, Rob, I just simply have to say that I truly believe this is what I'm born to do, and I knew it very young. I was very fortunate to meet people like June who were really instrumental to meet and work with Tito Puente 21 years from 1979 to 2000 to, uh, like I said, you need to really look into my, my fan page because you're going to see a lot of history. Yeah, wh what is the URL for that for the listeners? The what? The URL, the, the website. Uh, oh, no. What, just, what would they search on Facebook? You just go to Facebook yeah. and put Editor's Mumbo King. It's my fan page. Okay. I have a, also a regular uh, Facebook page which people are always writing to be my friends. But this one, you don't have to be my friend. Just go okay. Facebook and put Eddie Torres Mambo King. Great. It's right here. Yep. And, and I just put up, it's funny, because I've been saying for years, I've been telling people, I said, listen, one of the things that I want to do, yeah, there it is, right there. That's perfect. I, I tell people, one of the things that I want to do is put up all my old videos and I have a lot of history, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. And it so happens, that's my beautiful wife. Um, it just so happens, that's my daughter and I in Paris, Melissa in Italy. This is something that's going to happen with Francisco Vasquez. This is my beautiful partner here, Maria Chiara. And that's, this, for example, there's, there's Maria and I, 1979, rehearsing at June Liberta's dance studio. This was her studio. My wife. 1979? 1979. Her, her studio was on 47th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue. Wow. Maria was just beginning to learn how to social dance at that time. And after a couple of years, she was a pro. Oh my God, I could tell you a story that you would, you would laugh. <laughs> and and, and another, another beautiful story is how I met Maria. Because she used to teach gymnastics. Okay, now look. Oh, here, here I am with June Liberta. I was teaching her this shine, which today know that it's known as the syncopated pachanga. Right there. Ah. See her next to me. That's June Liberta. She must have been about 60 years old there. 
And I was just teaching her that shine. Eso se conoce ahora como Sengapé de Pachanga. And she would record everything, Rob. This lady would record every, everything. Here I am again, look. This is what? 1978? Oh, no, that's the same one, but wait a minute. Yeah, we're definitely going to link this up. On oh, you the, got to. Uh, yeah, there's so much here. Yeah, we'll And not only that. besides, I got a lot of stuff <laughs> here with Tito Puente. This stuff is great. I'll show you something real quick. Look. Yeah. Check this out. Here I am with Tito Puente discussing the program for one of the concerts we're going to do. We were sitting at the dressing room, and we were going over the order of music, how the program was going to go. We were making a program. Ah, sí, sí. Oh, by the way, I would dress Tito for the shows. Oh, really? He would come to my dressing room and, and he would say, Eddie, what am I wearing? I said, well, Tito, on this number, I want you to wear this jacket. And this number, I want you to wear these Roomba sleeves. And he would just let me take over with, with, with his image for the show. Hey? We were doing a concert here. I remember this was in Puerto Rico. We were doing the, the 100th album concert his, for his 100 LP. And in that concert, he had Celia Cruz, Oscar de Leon. Uh, he had all the great, great singers, all the great singers. So Alberto, they were all there. I got very close to Tito. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, yeah, nice. Yeah, I got really, Great. and that was like the nice. beginning of the That's concert. Wow. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, check it out when yeah. you have time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you'll get a lot of history from that. Eddie, thank hmm? you so much. This was incredible. This, My this, pleasure. Thank man. you for sitting My down pleasure. and Because I know how here. important it is, like, when, when people take the time, like you do, to do interviews, this is all helping to keep this alive. And not only that, but I know that today uh, the youngsters may not be interested in history. Some, some of them, like, they don't care. But I think there's a lot of people that really like to know where, how did this whole thing started? Like, I asked people yesterday, I said, does anybody here know how the name Suzy Q came about? Nobody knew. Oh, you got to tell me this now. I Nobody <laughs> knew. Somebody wrote to me the other day, said, Eddie, I'm over here in, in, in this place. And I'm going to do a, a whole lecture on, on dance. Can you explain to me, because I've heard stories, but I'm not sure. How did the Suzy Q name come about? I said, well, that's, this, is the, this is how it came about. When June Liberta taught me about theory, she told me, Eddie, now what you're going to have to do is start a step list of all your steps. You have to give them names. I said, June, I'm a street dancer. We never give names to anything that we do in the street. We just dance. She goes, well, you know what? For your teaching... And your, and your whole academic structure, you're going to need this to educate people with names of, of, of steps and, and turns and everything so that they can academically identify when they see a move. So I said, how do I do that? She, so she told me, you know that this step that you always do when we go dancing, that you cross over and you go one, two, three. She says, in the ballroom world, 
we call that step or that shine, because I didn't even know what she meant by it. But when she said, that's called a shine, I said, what do you mean a shine? Well, she says, in the ballroom, well, a shine is a move, a step. She says, well, that step that you do in the ballroom, well, we call it Susie Q. Mm -hmm. So now I've just given you your first name for your step list. Now every time you do a, a step, take a look and analyze the pattern and come up with a name. And it started with Susie Q, and then I would cross twice this way, and I, oh, I'm crossing front two times. I'm going to call that the front double crossover. And then a, a, another shine would be like if I cross three times and then do a Susie Q, I say, oh, you know what? I'm going to call that the crossover Susie Q. And that's how it started. But the, the name, and that's the first name on my step list, Susie Q, yeah. that's how it originated. Okay? She told me, that comes from the ballroom, and I'm going to give it to you now as your first name for your shine. Susie Q. Now, if you see the book I have at home, I have about a thousand names. <laughs> I have names like Pop Goes the Weasel, Syncopated Jelly Jam. I've got the funniest names for these shines. But I, I think about it now. I say, you know what? Had I, not, had I not met this woman, we probably wouldn't have this Congress and this whole market that we have now. Because when I was growing up, and, my, and I used to tell my mother I wanted to do this as a, as a profession, she used to tell me, the first she says, Mijo, there's no market. Where are you going to do this? And I would jump up and say, Mom, I'm going to help create this market. Mm. It's going to happen one day, and you're going to see that with, with what June is teaching me and everything, with this market, we're going to develop it one day. And look around now. Where there's McDonald's, there's salsa. Hmm? Thanks, to, thanks to June Liberta. You know what I mean? This podcast was brought to you by LDC, a Latin dance community, your source for Latin dance articles, interviews, and events around the world. Find out more at www.latindancecommunity.com.